What is going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen. It's the time for another Friday Night Live. <laughs> and I forgot to get this little thing going, so hang on just a minute. All right. All right. Let me get all this stuff rock and roll. I got... Uh, Locked into a really good YouTube video uh, just a second ago. wasn't a fishing video, so don't worry about it. But I got into the rabbit hole, so I'm a little late getting everything rocking and rolling. Uh, but welcome everybody, and uh, and thanks for giant joining me. The guys who commented a little bit early, welcome, welcome Jared and Lewis and Jason Clay, and Brian and Jared, who is in Korea. What's going on, B Brown? How you doing, man? Let me drop my camera just a hair. All right. Let some people jump on. Yeah, we'll talk about spring fishing and what's going on right now. Kind of the transition. If you guys have any questions about that, we'll jump on that or any other questions. You know me, I'll answer anything. So, uh, well, just about everything, anything. So welcome. Welcome. Uh, WB Jones, it's, it's working pretty good. I just have to, I can't go fishing. I'll go for one day and have to recover for a day, but it's better. Um, I'm to the point where I've got a hook, a decent hook set back. Uh, back. I couldn't hook set the hook very good at all in the last couple of weeks. I lost two big ones this month for the KBF Challenge Series, but I did end up in 11th, and so it wasn't too bad. But I lost two 20 plusers just because I couldn't couldn't set the hook very hard. So it is what it is. But I did all right. Uh, not bad for only fishing, what, three or four days this month. What's up, Fluke? Uh, finally getting to fish with my bona fide since the pan pandemic started. That's awesome, Daniel. That's really awesome. Sweet. David Fields, you're on here early, brother. How are you, man? Uh, says, what's up, homie? Come on down to Oconee tomorrow. Going to pick uh, plink some docks. Oh, that sounds fun. My kids have wrote me into going and drowning some crickets tomorrow. We did it yesterday and caught uh 50 40 50 or 60 somewhere around there and so they want to get out early tomorrow morning and go but i would love to come to oconee dude thanks for the 20 bucks man as always you're awesome but uh so spring's getting getting here man the the, the shad spawn is just about over here on the lake here locally i'm not doing much traveling right now just kind of staying home and keeping you know getting the garden going and everything else but uh shad spawn's almost over the bass are starting to move out um they're scattered really bad i have the coolest video on my phone that i shot today out there it was raining no wind it was raining and i panned around to show the rain on the water and then i panned up to the sky and there wasn't a rain cloud in sight it was the craziest thing i've ever seen so it was pretty good i might put it on instagram or something uh Let's see. Thanks, Cooper. I appreciate it, brother. AM Fishing, what's going on, man? Uh, I'll answer questions here in just a couple of minutes. Um, but welcome, everybody. Says um, Lewis has no bites today in Redford, North Carolina. What's the deal? I've been fishing a shaky head, dude. Really, I've gone straight finesse the last several days, probably a week. Uh, and I haven't fished every day. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably four days I've been fishing a shaky head. And that's the worst thing for my arm, but it is what it is. This wrist has got tendonitis with us. Those of you who don't know that. And this elbow has tendonitis uh, from all the kayak fishing that I did. Uh, I did I fished a month and a half straight with like only two or three days break. In, and so it just kind of developed a little tennis elbow 
in a little uh, carpal tunnel probably. So anyway, it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome. The, the weather's great. Uh, we got no rain coming in uh, the next several days. So, but I'm gonna vet, I'm gonna be a vegetable for about two or three days. Let these arms finish healing, and then I'm gonna get out and hammer them. But uh, awesome. Thanks everybody for joining me. Uh, let me think. And speaking of the KBF challenges, guys, uh, you have until the end of this, the last hour of this month to enter into the KBF Challenge Kayak Series uh, tournaments. They're $35. Uh, you go and you enter, um, you, I mean, you join KBF, and I'm going to do a video this week about it. I'm almost done shooting it, but join KBF, then go over to Tourney X, uh, sign up for the tournaments, and, and it's a month-long uh, tournament. It's actually 21 days in the month from the 1st to the 21st. And, uh, and dude, it's, it's gotten pretty big. There are 44 people that entered Georgia's this month. We hope to get several more this next month. So, um, all right, let's get to some questions real quick. Cause we got some popped up. Uh, thanks, Victor. Haven't seen you in a while either, man. Um, AM fishing. Hey fluke. What do you recommend for a clear water spawn, clear water spawn banks? I'm from North Indiana. Honestly, it, I try to use natural colors when I'm fishing for spawning fish. I I know where the bass the bed is, and I know about how far to cast past it, and I drag it up to it, and I look at how the bass are reacting to, to know whether my bait's in the right spot or not. I don't really want to see them good. If I see them too good, that means they can see me and it spooks them. But if you're if you really want to if you're just learning how to fish the spawn, use a white bait or a yellow bait or something really bright that you can see, and just use it to piss off the bass. And you'll eventually catch them. So, Cooper Mathis, thanks, thanks, man. Uh, Jason Baker, hey, I just got a new Lose Heavy Fast Action Rod with a Daiwa Tatula 200 reel for my birthday as a gift from my fiance. Can I only fish heavy lures? Uh, heavy Fast Action. Anything three eighths ounce and heavier is probably what you can do with comfortably. Three eighths ounce to probably somewhere around an ounce, maybe an ounce and a half. Uh, well, maybe heavier than that. It depends on how long and how heavy the rod is, but it should be. I usually start about three eighths with a heavy and then I work my way up. Don't think too much into it, but if you're casting and you have trouble with the back cast, if the, the, the lure just doesn't feel right, it's probably too light. Um, and if it feels like your rod's going to break, the, the lure is probably too heavy. Uh, it's one of those things. You'll get it, man. And with enough cast, you'll be, man, wait a minute. That doesn't feel quite right. And you'll know that you're fishing the wrong weight uh, bait. So, all right. Uh, Ironclad to Taurus is just getting back into the sport of angling. I've been doing tons of research on my lures, etc. But one thing I can ask now, since you're live, what's the difference between length and action of rods? I've got a super video that I did several years ago, but let me tell you the kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts. Um, the difference between length and action length, uh, any, I mean, length really doesn't make much of a difference except for the shorter rods are more accurate than the longer rods, but the longer rods make longer cast. Your action, which is medium uh, or ultralight, light, uh, medium light, medium, medium heavy and heavy and extra heavy, um, all depends on, it's basically the stiffness of the rod and at what weight lures they can handle and how much, uh, how much force you can put into them when you're fishing. 
but go watch that video. It's on actions and powers of Rod. I took Rods. I took one of the best articles I've ever read in my entire life on the subject. And I went into detail each action and power and talked about what, what it is and how it does and how, you know, action is, is how fast the, the rod goes from being bent to straight without flopping. And it just kind of, but the other thing to understand is that the, the industry does not have a standard. There's no industry standard. Ducket rods are a little bit lighter than are a little bit uh, more flex than maybe a 13 fishing rod and that kind of stuff. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And I know it can be confusing uh by all means fishing with grizzly thanks for the five bucks brother he says gene i've been watching you for years dude first time i've been able to watch live very uh, appreciative of your work just wanted to say thank you thanks man i really appreciate it man i cannot believe i've been doing this lives for almost uh a year almost two years or two and a half years I can't, a long time anyway longer than anybody else because i started them the day that they started allowing us to do lives so man I'm going to change it up a bit though this year. I think I'm going to have more guests on and stuff like that. I just get so busy during the week that I forget to line stuff up for Friday night live. And so I'm stuck with answering questions, which I love to do anyway. So caught 70 plus pounds of bass last week down in Maryland. I used pink floating worms, chatterbaits, frogs, all the tactics you show on your channel. Thanks for the help. That's uh, thanks for the help. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Holy cow. Uh, Scott and stuff just missed all, uh, just missed you at the tackle shop yesterday was going to say hi in person. Maybe next time. Yeah, dude, if you see me, just come on over and say hi. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm usually shooting the crap with Charlie and, and I was making fun of his kids cause that's the first time I've seen all four of his kids in there working. So, uh, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always, you can always approach me, dude. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Midwest fisherman says, do you think hotter water? Or hotter weather reduces how often you finesse, you use finesse tech tactics. What finesse tactics do you still use in the summer? I use all of them. Drop shot, Ned rig, uh, shaky head. It doesn't. The only thing that dictates whether I use finesse tactics or not, well, that can dictate it, is wind or current. I like to use moving baits when there's chop on the water. Um, for instance, the, the Gunnersville tournament, I finished third in last year, the kayak tournament. I had a mojo rig finesse technique and I had a crankbait and swim bait tied on. And when, and I knew it was going to be real light winds that day. So there was going to be periods of time where it was slick calm. And when it was slick calm, I was throwing that, that mojo rig and catching fish. And as soon as I'd get a little chop on the water, I'd start throwing some type of a little battle tail swim bait. What else was I throwing? A chatterbait and a crankbait and, uh, and a lipless crankbait. And I was just throwing them when it was a little bit of chop on the water and I caught fish all day long. So that's usually what dictates it. Uh, what's your thoughts on 13 fishing reels? 13 fishing reels. I'm sponsored by them. I've been sponsored by them for four years. But the reason I'm still with them is because I still believe that they make, make the best, best value reel and rod on the market reason I say that is when I go to use them and I'm beating them up and I'm, I'm literally using them every single day. Um, they perform and they act like a reel. That's one step that that's one step above itself. So they feel a hundred dollar reel feels like a $120 reel, $120 reel feels like $150 reel. It's that's how it is. Same thing with the rods. It's always feel like they're better than what they, what I paid for them. And that's what I love about them. So, uh, Gerald Waters, what bank is the best to fish depending on the wind? 
sometimes it's the windy bank. If it's a good windy day and it's been blowing on that bank for 24 hours, you know, two days, maybe I'm going to go fish that windy bank first and, and eliminate it. If it's, there's no fish on it, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go find some protected water. It all depends, but it's all about eliminating water. Go to the windy bank first is what I do. And then go to the protected bank next and just keep going around until you find them. So, but it's always a good place to start. Uh, any advice on how to keep my thumb from getting raw using a bait caster? Are you, you must be using braid, use a smoother braid. If you're using braid, use a smoother braid. The worst I've ever done is with fluorocarbon. If you whip out a strong cast and you try to stop it mid cast, you'll burn your thumb. It gets hot quick. Uh, but I, you hardly ever have to do that. Biggest thing is, is don't push so hard with your thumb, adjust your brakes where you don't have to use your thumb so much and just feather it. I've never had my thumb rub raw from that. I do get, um, a, a callus right here on my thumb from where my, my hand touches the bottom of the reel all the time. It'll wear a callus in there after a little while. So, uh, good question. Hooker Z says, how many rods and reels do you take, uh, kayak fishing? Uh, tank kayaking and what are the setups? Setups are hard to kind of say because it all depends on where I'm fishing and what I'm fishing, but I always have um, at least a, a heavy action rod, a medium heavy, a, uh, a medium and a medium light spinning rod, something like that. It, it just all depends, but I usually take uh, six rods. I have five rod holders behind me, three on the black pack, two of the uh, of the yak attack rod, rod holders on the back. And then I have one that I keep in front of me at all times, even when I'm paddling or, or running the torpedo. So, uh, but it all, like I said, it all depends on what I'm, what I'm fishing. If I'm going cold, I'm going to have a spinning rod, a medium action spinning rod. I'm going to have a medium bait caster, a medium heavy bait caster and a heavy bait caster at least that, that that's to figure out the fish. So Ed Wolf, how are you, man? He says, what's up, Gene? Thanks for all, uh, for taking uh, your kid fishing video. My oldest uh, is two and I can't wait till she's ready. That's a fun video to, to do. And I can't believe both of my kids fishing videos don't get hardly any views. And I still think they're important to do. And that's why I do them. I'm not, you know me, I'm not, I don't care much about the views, but they usually don't perform like the other ones do. But the importance of that, of, of those videos is to teach that. Yes, it is very frustrating to take kids fishing, but you can get through it with some simple planning and some, uh, some teaching them ahead. Uh, and they can have a whole lot of fun. My kids love to kill just, they destroy bluegill and it's a lot of fun. I've got probably 800 crickets left in the barn and we're going to go, uh, drown some more of them tomorrow. So I love it, man. Uh, Michael, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It says, uh, Richard uh, Sire, are you still using Angler? Yes, I am. I have three of them sitting in my truck and I just keep forgetting to put them on my hat for these so I can show it off. But the Angler button, uh, it connects to an app and uh, I keep track of all of the fish that I catch throughout the year. And over time, and actually once the new one, the new app, once you download it, it'll pull all your pictures off of your phone if you'll let it. And it will uh, put GPS points and, and dates on those pictures and let you know where on the map that you caught them. Pretty cool thing. And uh, that's if you had the location settings turned on, on your camera. But anyway, that's, I love it, man. And it, and it really does help me. I've been using it for a year and a half now and it really has helped me to remember 
how I caught fish during certain conditions and how I can catch the ones this year under the same conditions. Pretty cool. Uh, Ron Abner, uh, my plans for fishing this week, uh, using the Ned rig didn't happen because of the rain. That stinks. My friend's, uh, lake was more suitable for plowing than fishing. Hopefully next week. That's hilarious. Oh man. Nothing worse than muddy water, man. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's see. Phil Dodds. Thanks for the 10 bucks, man. You guys that donate, you don't have to, you really don't. And I really appreciate it. It does help, helps quite a bit. And, uh, and thanks for donating. And, and, and I'm going to get this question in a minute. So I'm going to go ahead and answer it. You donate it hitting the little, uh, money sign that's below on super chat on YouTube is how you donate it. So anyway, Gene, love your message and love your channel. I'm starting a YouTube channel and would love to know your thoughts on what niche inside the fishing YouTube market has the greatest potential bank fishing without hesitating bank fishing. I can't do it here in Georgia because there's not a whole lot of places to bank fish. Uh, I can do a little bit. I just can't do a lot. If I lived in a state like Florida or New Jersey or anywhere that has a lot of bank access, I'd be able to do it. Um, that's the one that's needed the most. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. Dude, the, the most important thing is do what you love. And do what you know. Don't try to fake it. Don't try to be yourself. I mean, you totally be yourself because they're going to, these guys right here that watch these videos and that know me the best know when I'm faking it. And they, they call me out like there's no tomorrow. And that's what I love them for. They let me know that they, that, that I've changed something that they don't like. And I, 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 I totally appreciate it. I may not agree with them, but I'll, I totally appreciate it. So yeah, do you, man. That's the most important thing. Um, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Russ. Hi, everyone. Hope everyone is ripping lips and staying well. I hope so too, man. That's, I appreciate it. Uh, what's my number one go-to fishing line? It has been Seaguar fishing line since 19, uh, no, two, 2006 is how long I've been using Seaguar. They currently they recently sponsored, started sponsoring me a couple of years ago. And I love their, their SmackDown braid and their, uh, their Abrazex fluorocarbon. Now their Invisex, which is the kind of a little bit less expensive than the Abrazex is really good too. And that's what I used. What it, okay guys, this is, if you look real careful, I don't know if you guys can see the little icon. This is my little brother right here. He looks just like me, but anyway, <laughs> love you, bro. Um, Raul Hernandez. Hey man, your videos are awesome. Uh, when will you be able to, uh, to do a bank fishing tip video? And, and going back to that, it is tough to, to do. And I, I ran into a friend of mine who adds about a 20 acre pond that he keeps telling me to come fish and it's down the South end of town. And I just always worried about it because he's, he's a little older gentleman and I worry about, you know, him getting sick and all this other stuff. But I I'm getting to the point where I'm going to go, go down and at least my, my fish, my kids have been there fishing. They say it's a great little pond. But I'm going to go down there and take a look at it and uh, and maybe do some bank fishing videos. I got the outline actually right here on my laptop for my uh, my Tackle Tuesday video. This next week is going to be on bank fishing. So it is on my mind. I promise you that. Uh, what's my thought on lose rods and reels? I don't really give comments on rods and reels or, or serious comments on rods and reels that I'm not sponsored by uh, just because that's kind of the professional thing to do. Lose are a great price point. They're a good reel. I just think that 13 fishing is better. I really do. 
So, uh, what's going on, Nicholas? Kirk Mc, uh, McGlamy, what's going on, man? Uh, how do you fish the Tokyo rig? Go watch the video that I made last year on Tokyo rig fishing. It gets into detail, but the short of it, it's it's not like a, a short drop shot. Everybody says, oh, it's just like a drop shot. No, it's not. It's got a stiff leader. It holds that bait up out of the mud and out of the muck that's on the bottom, and the action is different, and it just, for some reason, I can catch bigger bass on a Tokyo rig than I can a drop shot. And you can put bigger baits on there too. It may also have something to do with it. But go watch that. Go watch that video. It was really informative. And I caught some downright big fish there on the, in that video. So uh, <laughs> it says, aha, I'm not sure it's a good idea to have an app for an app to have access to all the pictures on my phone. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. But I know those guys that run it, they're really, really honest on the Angler app. They're, they're great dudes. They're not trying to steal your information. Uh, they don't share your information. They just want you to have an, a, a platform to keep a, a log of all your fish and that kind of stuff. Um, the the uh, the pictures of that, the location of all your pictures and all that stuff, they, they find the fish pictures is what they find. It does a scan thing where it sees a fish in the picture and will pull just those. It's not going to pull the ones of you and your girlfriend or anyway, you get me. Um, Ben Coyle. Hey, Gene, what's, what's you, uh, what do you recommend for fishing submerged matted grass in a cove from a, from a kayak? Um, first of all, that reminds me of a trick and I'm going to tell you this one. It's a paddling trick and then we'll get to what I use. If you're in matted grass in a kayak, you know, your, your, your paddle is, is slightly cupped in one direction, right? Flip your paddle over to where it's, it, you're paddling with the outside of the rounded part and you won't pick up as much of the matted grass. You're literally pushing yourself through the grass with the backside of your paddles, and you're able to do that without picking up a ton of grass, and on your up paddle, the grass falls off, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not doing that. It's a lot easier to paddle in matted grass with that, that way. Now, my favorite, if it's matted grass, I'm punching. I've got an ounce and a quarter to a two-ounce tungsten weight on there, heavy, heavy hook, seven-foot, 11, heavy action rod, 65-pound braid, and I'm punching some type of a creature bait that goes through the grass easy until I get bit. Uh, the good thing about a kayak is it's so quiet and so stealthy. You really can't sneak in on them on those mats. And I may throw a frog as well. So um, what's the best lures for bass? The ones that the bass want at that point in time. That's why we have so many lures. That's why we have so many tackle boxes. I have a 19 foot Alumacraft tackle box right out there with a 115 horse motor on the back. I have a barn tackle. I've got, you know, that's why we do this. So Dwayne Wally, I was just talking about Tourney X, man. Dwayne is the owner of Tourney X, uh, the app that we use to uh, to log all of our fish into uh, in, uh, into the tournaments and stuff like that. So big shout out to Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne, I hope you're not trying to get a hold of me because I cheated or something. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good to see you, brother. Uh, Steve Story, looking, uh, looking to get into kayak fishing. I'm 260 pounds. And was wondering what type of kayak you would recommend for us big guys. There are a few that are great for big guys. The Bonafide SS-127 is a great big guy kayak. Uh, the Big Rig, the Jackson Big Rig, and the new Big Rig HD is even wider. Um, there's a couple of natives. The Native Titan is a good one. And there's a few more that I always forget the name of. But look at those. And you're looking for wide kayaks. Uh, Chad Hoover is about your size and when he's, well, he's lost a lot of weight, but he fishes out of a bonafide SS-127. 
I think he was 280 when he started started his diet or something like that. So you're in about, about that ballpark. So that's what I would do, man. Max Fries, how you doing, brother? He says, hey, brother, going to fish a bigger lake tomorrow from the bank. Is there any difference uh, fishing that and a pond? Uh, it can be. The biggest thing is, is kind of pick an area, whatever area you plan on fishing, and start on the steepest part of the bank and fish that first and then work your way out from there. Uh, I do the same thing in a pond, uh, but the biggest thing is just kind of check that and, and be really, really focused on what's going on in the water. Look for bait fish ticking. Look for bait fish that are swimming along the bank. And the more life you see in one little area, it all, it'll probably mean the bass are pretty close. And so kind of if you're in an area and you see none of that, keep moving, bro, and you'll get it. So uh, Kong Vang, brother, thanks for the 10 bucks. Uh, he says, uh, you're the best fishing instructor. I will be forever grateful. Appreciate all that you do. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for the 10 bucks. Dwayne Miller, thanks for the $5. Says, love the videos. Uh, do bass living in brackish saltwater react any differently to lures, techniques, etc., than freshwater? I live in the South Louisiana. No, <clears throat> no, I've caught them down in Point of Shane and down in uh, in Venice area. I've caught largemouth bass. My favorite thing to do is to pick on whoever I'm fishing with that's from down there in Louisiana. I'll turn and throw the first bass back in the water. He'd be like, "Wait a minute, what did you just do?" Because <laughs> y'all eat everything that you catch way down south. All the bass. Cause they're not going to live long anyway in that brackish water or that salt water. So, but anyway, yeah, dude, they act the same way. I catch them with the same baits and you know, same baits I throw at redfish really. Uh, thanks for the five bucks, brother. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Dalton Yarbrough. How you doing, man? He says, love your channel. Went fishing Wednesday on Lake Amistad, Texas. I'm jealous. Caught my new personal best 17 pounds, three ounces. That's awesome. Wish I could post a picture. If you could fish any lake in the United States, what would it be? I don't know. I'm not sure. It used to be uh, Falcon. It used to be Falcon, but I I don't know anymore, man. I love, there's certain lakes I'll always love to go to, like Wilson on the Tennessee River, like Mille Lacs up in Minnesota, uh, Lake Erie. I love Lake Erie, but I don't have, I really haven't thought about which one I really would like to fish now. But uh, yeah, dude, that's that's a great fish. Congratulations. Uh, what lures and line would you throw on a seven foot medium heavy rod with a seven three reel? Seven three reel is kind of an all purpose reel. You can throw any lure or throw that reel on any rod, any rod medium to a, you know, medium to a medium heavy to a heavy action rod and you'll be just fine. But a seven foot medium heavy, I throw Texas rigs, I throw chatter baits, I throw, I'll throw spinner baits, buzz baits, um, uh, what else? Swim jigs, just a regular jig. I have a seven three that I like to throw jigs on, but it's 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 pretty comparable. It'll be a little stiffer than a seven three, but not much. Uh, just about anything. Deep diving crankbaits. My best friend used to throw it on a medium heavy. I don't like to because I miss a lot of hook sets. But you can. Um, but that's, man, it's, it, the sky's the limit. It's really, there is a lot of stuff you can throw on one. So um, let's see. What's my personal best? It's uh, 10 pounds, 12 ounces. Uh, Rich Sire, thanks for the, five, for the five bucks, man. I really appreciate it. Christopher Escher, any suggestions for a kayak for someone with lower back problems? One that has a high seat. The Bonafide has a, the highest seat that I know of. 
uh, outside of the Hobie. It's a 10, it's 10 feet off or 10 inches, 10 feet, 10 inches off the deck. And I have, I have low back pain. I, I have uh, compressed discs and all nine yards. And I love that seat. I can sit, I, I fished out of it 14 hours day, uh, two days ago. And it's just fine. Just a really comfortable seat. The Hobie seat is super com comfortable. But the biggest thing is, is you need the distance above the deck. You need to have your knees bent and you need to have a, just, just, it feels like a lawn chair is what it feels like. So that's kind of what you need, bro. Um, fishing with Chris, what's the best setup for spring? Um, honestly, I like to throw some type of a moving bait. Top water starting to get good right now. Paddle tail swim baits are really good. Um, Man, it's there's so many things you can fish right, right now because the bass are up shallow. They're moving around. They're active. They're feeding. Shaky heads of what we've been having to We've had to fish the last couple of days just because of the no wind and it's real slick water. But man, anything really. Um, oh, he says, hey, what um, Ross says, hey, what happened to your questionnaire about teaching videos we filled out? uh that did not that fell through it would have been too expensive on my on my part i wished i could have done it uh it was with an agency and they just wanted too much money and so i kind of pulled out of it so sorry about that man that would have been awesome uh oh yeah and Dwayne says the attack 140 which is also a good big a good big guy kayak for sure the one i borrowed from chad must have been a factory second i didn't like that one there was something wrong with it, but I know I've, I've battled others, but it, and, and it was, they were totally different. Hey, Gene, can you break down the do's and don'ts about when you hook a fish deep? Does a soda trick actually work? Is it better to just cut off, cut the bait off? Okay. I'm going to give you the, the nuts and bolts. When you hook a fish deep, there is a technique to be able to get that hook out. This is when it's down in their gut. Okay. You have a pair of nice needle nose pliers. You go underneath the gill plate and you grab hold of the hook and you rotate the hook to where the, the eye of the hook is coming out of the gill plate or pointing in that direction. So basically you turn the hook upside down is what you did. Then you keep it there, take the pliers, reach down the mouth of the fish and grab hold of the hook and pull it straight out. So the hook's like this. I can't do it. I don't have fingers long enough, but the hook is turned down. You grab hold of the hook and you pull it straight up out of the fish and it will come out and not injure the fish 99.9% .9 of the time. Now, if it's a deep hook down in the, in the gills or around the tongue and it's bleeding a lot, the soda trick I've never used because I have a chemical, uh, an all natural additive that I add in my live. Well, remember that, uh, the, the, uh, chatterbait or not chatterbait, the lipless crankbait video did, I did where I'm holding those two really big seven pound bass uh, years ago. And I, I released them during the tournament and that kind of stuff. And there were actually four fish in the live well. All four of those fish took that lipless crankbait so deep that they were bleeding to death. And this additive is called uh, Please Release Me by Surelife Labs out of Texas. It's all natural. The guy that invented its name is Tony Gurgley. He has the owner of like 33 different patents that are all about keeping certain fish alive throughout the world. And this thing will coagulate the blood instantly. It will relax the fish. And if you leave them in there for about 30 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half, they'll be just fine when you release them. It's called Please Release Me. I'm not sponsored by them. I have never been, but I always have a bottle of it in my boat. Whew. Hey, Gene, thanks for all the content you put out. Uh, you 
you inspire me to get out every day and fish rain or shine keep it up thanks brother i really appreciate it stefan how you doing man my brother from another mother he says uh you gonna ever sell the old clothes you used you used to i like my army shirt uh i need another one not that one that guy screwed me out of about two thousand dollars so everybody wants my money and doesn't want to work for me um dang i have one but i don't know if it'll fit you we'll have to see michael thanks for the 10 bucks he says uh, i have not i've still not been able to catch a bass this year after at least 20 outings since january 2020 uh has not been good uh could you please send me your blessing i could really use some luck haha ha, thanks y'all y'all pray for michael just pray for him help him catch at least one fish <laughs> dude that sucks man keep trying dude keep trying you may have a lake with no bass in it i don't know um any tips on getting permission to fish private farm ponds and lakes or just knock on doors and take the rejects in hopes that one uh one says yes dress nice that's what i used to do when i would ask permission to hunt and i would i would dress nice and and a nice shirt pair of blue jeans nice shoes don't look like a bum and just go knock on doors introduce yourself promise them that you'll keep it clean that you'll respect their property and everything else and just ask for a place to fish and you can also offer to do things around the house i used to help uh, a couple of farmers with their cows and with that kind of stuff. And in return, they would let me hunt on their property. So that's always a good idea. Um, hey, Jeannie, have you ever been in uh, fishing in any of the Great Lakes? I usually go to Erie every May. I didn't this year, of course, because of the virus, but I usually fish Lake Erie and, uh, and Niagara River every May. Um, Jason Clay, the attack is a great uh, kayak for big guys too. It, uh, it is what I paddle and I'm a big boy. Yeah, dude, it's, it was a, the one I got from Chad didn't track straight. And he said there was something, I think he's remember, I remember him saying there was something wrong with the seat that made it off centered. And I would always track to the left, drove me nuts, but it was also me and Chad always get like factory seconds and stuff like that. For some reason, Patriot J fishing, 13 fishing, new concept, a two. What's your thoughts? Have they shown a picture of it or anything else besides just hinted at it online? Um, I have used it. I cannot, I have yet to been given permission to say anything about it, except for it is a real, real, it is nice. And the, and the, it's, it's slick. You're going to love it, man. It, it really is a good reel. I haven't opened one up and dug into it to see what they, what they've changed, but I've made a bunch of casts with one and it really is a smooth, lightweight reel. Uh, hello, Gene, when and where is the best time to throw a walking bait? when you see a lot of surface action is usually when I'm looking for one, like a, the, I always have one on when, a, when the bass are schooling, when they're breaking the surface, chasing bait fish, that's the best time to throw it. But if you're looking and searching for fish along the shallows, they'll hit it. They'll hit it then too. But the bass have to be shallow and active. And there's yeah, usually the signs are you see bait fish ticking the surface shallow and that kind of stuff. So, uh, goodness, I'm losing my voice. I'm trying not to, but I'm losing my voice. Uh, the, 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 the racing for cash says, um, thanks for the five bucks, by the way, man. That's awesome. Just got a feel free tandem in, and in Atlanta. That's awesome. Recommended starter setups and places. Uh, when to, went to Stone Mountain with no luck. Thanks. Go to the uh, department of natural resources website. <clears throat> Just go to Google and search Georgia DNR. 
on their website, there's a little tab that says fishing. Click on it and you're looking for uh, public fishing areas and just public ponds and lakes in the counties surrounding where you want to fish. And you can search it by county and look and see what's available in your area. It's very easy to use and it's just a great website, dude. And they really do want you to come and use their public access places. So that's what I would do. Um, East Ohio fishing, you know, I remember the lipless video. Yeah, dude, that's, that was an awesome video. Joseph Keller does the direction you first put your line through the eye of a hook, make a difference on hookups. No, Nope, sure doesn't. I don't even worry about it. I, do, I, I have this thing I do with a drop shot where I do start it on a certain side of the hook. But if you use that little trick where you drop the, the tag line back through the eye of the hook and then pull it tight before you put the sinker on, it straightens all that up no matter what you do. I just do it the other way. Yeah, that's the only one I really think about it. Uh, David Omar was talking about gaining access. The same as when I search, uh, when I search for archery land, offer to clean up teenager party spots in the woods, mend fences, paint stuff, make uh, authentic friendships and the opportunity will come. Yes. Um, I know I've got a buddy who offers to trap on a property for a couple of years before you even ask to deer hunt on it. He's a trapper and he traps the coyotes because they're overrunning Georgia right now. Um, and he, and he has 40 or 50 traps that he runs and he checks them every day and he really works hard and helps the landowner and he get, gets access. And that's, uh, that's a great idea. Always, always try to earn your keep, uh, pond filled with bass, but they aren't inter interested in anything. I throw at them, any tips or tricks. I always go back to finesse stuff, fish a Ned rig, fish a shaky head and fish, you know, little baits and see what you can catch. Um, and then try not to make too much noise on the bank, stand back a little bit so they can't see you. Cause if a bass sees you, it thinks you're a predator and it's going to get spooky. Even if it doesn't move, it's going to get spooky. So, um, Ooh, everything skipped ahead real quick. Sorry about that. What is my favorite buzz bait? My favorite buzz bait is a, it's called a hammerhead buzz bait by greenfish tackle and it's a, a it's the old boogerman buzz bait from back in the day and boogerman the company that made the that buzz bait went out of business so greenfish tackle started making those buzz baits and they're the best buzz baits I, in my opinion best ones i've ever used so and i, th I think they're called the hammerhead buzz bait um let's see Ooh, Jake Dollar is going to bring up the old blueback herring lakes. He says, when fishing blueback herring lakes like Clark's Hill at this time, how much time do you spend looking for post-spawn bass before you begin <coughs> heading for the creeks to look for uh, river and creek bass? Man, I, all I do is find those post-spawn fish. Literally, I will go from point to blow through to point to blow through. When I say blow through, blow through for everybody, I'm talking about you got the mainland and you've got an island and you've got the shallow water between the mainland and an island and the wind blows through water through it creates current. We call that a blow through and the post spawn bass on blueback herring lakes stack up there and wait for the bluebacks to come up shallow to spawn and they feed on them. And, and the biggest thing is, is go when you're going from point to point, don't stay there long, 15, 20 casts. If you don't have fish blow up in front of you, or you don't get one to bite, they're not there. Go to the next one. 
Um, I don't go to the rivers and creeks until the summer until that blueback bite is gone. And sometimes that herring bite that spawned will last a week. Sometimes it'll last a month and a half. You just don't know. So, um, who gave me 10 bucks? Scott Le uh, Lamont. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. He says, hey, Gene, I watched your beginner video series and caught, let me pull it up so you guys can see what he said. Uh, and caught my first two fish yesterday. Any advice for someone starting out in massive Massachusetts. Uh, take it slow. Seriously, there's a lot of information out there. Heck, I've got 700 and something videos, and there's a lot of information out there. Pick, pick three different lures or techniques that you want to learn how to do to start with, and just go do them. Have one a moving bait technique, like a spinner bait or a crank bait or something like that, but uh, something that's moving in the water. Uh, and have a couple of bottom baits, bottom bait techniques like the Texas rig or, or something with a weight on it. Um, and then just start slow. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't try to buy the whole tackle shop. Just get a basic few lures and learn how they learn how they work and then, and then expand from there. So thanks for the 10 bucks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to get my voice back. It's starting to get dry. Problem is, is our this this room is is air conditioned, of course, but it's run by a thermostat upstairs, and so this room gets twice as cold as up the upstairs, and so my my throat gets dry real easy down here. Um, what kind of setup do you use for your videos? I got a new GoPro Seven and trying to get set up correctly. Um, I don't have my box with me down here. I'd show you, but. My audio is the Rode Wireless uh, Go mic is what it is. That's a two hundred and something dollar mic. Uh, you cannot you cannot underestimate how important audio is. Um, I've never seen the GoPro Seven. I haven't even paid attention to it. I'm still running the Five, and I'm running some DJI uh, action cams uh, and a Sony little Sony action cam. But I always make sure I have good audio. That's important. Um, my mounts on my boat are all yellow tech mounts. Uh, the mounts on my kayak are all yak attack mounts. Uh, that's about it. SD cards. There's a bunch to it, but that's the basics. That's kind of what I said. I, I run real easy. My box, my back camera box is literally only about this big. Uh, just make sure I got enough batteries. So Jake dog three, 3006. Thanks for the five bucks, man. I appreciate you, bro. I really do. You guys that donate that through to super chat. I really do. That's you don't have to. I really appreciate when you do. That's so awesome. Uh, Fluke, can you explain centrifugal brakes and how to set set them? Um, yes. So 13 fishing has a simple little dial. They're centrifugal brakes, but it's a one. It's a zero through six. And I always set them halfway at three. Now, your normal centrifugal brakes where you got to pull out the little brake pads. I usually do them in a star pattern, or not a star pattern, every other one. So there's six brake pads, and I do every other one. I'll pull three of them out is how I always set mine, okay? And what happens is on the cast, those brakes pop out. The ones you've released pop out, and they slow that spool down in a smooth action and help re uh, reduce the chance of backlash. So just set half of them and leave it alone and don't worry about it, and then adjust the cast control knob from there. Uh, is the way I would do it. And it's not, and, and 
I haven't found a centrifugal brake system that I did not like. So, um, Alan Fry, I, I suck at tidal water, dude. I really do. Best angler I know of at tidal water is, is, uh, Mike Iconelli. I suck at it. I have tried and tried and I just still can't, can't figure it out. Um, Micah or Micah says, Hey, fluke master, I'm fishing a lake tomorrow that is high and muddy. Any tips? It's shallow around three to five feet. If it's high and muddy, the bass are going to be super shallow and really tight to something, to cover, to logs, to something. Tie on a black and blue bait and start pitching around the around the, that shallow cover. The muddier the water, the shallower the bass get, and you should be able to get bit. Don't expect don't expect a lot because you've got to get the the bait literally on their nose for them to bite it. But be happy for every fish you catch. Muddy water is not fun to fish, but man, it can be rewarding. The big ones move shallow and you can, you can happen on a really big one and, and it's awesome. Um, Britton Daly, I've never fished in Mississippi. Hey, Gene. Gordon Granson says, hey, Gene, big 13 fishing fan here. Have a lot of their stuff. I'm looking for a good frog rod. I have some muse, but not the six foot five muse. Can't find them. They've been they're they're out of they don't they don't make them anymore. Uh, they phased those out. They're working on something else. Uh, they said they were going to surprise me, so I don't know what it is yet. Um, but your typical uh, what I look for is the shortest heavy action rod that I can buy. If I can't have one made like that, that's six foot five. I just find the shortest one I can buy uh, and go with that. I love short frog rods. I'm I'm different. Most people like a seven foot three to a seven foot eight frog rod for like slot fishing and that kind of stuff. I don't. I like a short one, short one because they're a lot easier to walk that frog, and that's usually how I fish it. So, uh, but yeah, dude, that's that's my opinion on a frog rod. But look, the the uh, the fate black uh, there that frog rod is a really good all-purpose frog rod, but it's a little long for me. I have two of them. I love them. They're actually really good jig rods too. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I would try. Um, Chris Norse, if you snail not your hook, it does matter to what side you start your line into the hook. Yes, it does. But I don't snail any of my hooks anymore. I tried that. I don't snail them because I get better hookups. You know, they say in punching, you need to snail your knot. I get better hookups with a Palomar knot on braid. I have, I fished a snail knot for a year. And I fished and I, and for after that year, he said, I, I, I realized that I was losing a lot of fish on the hook set. I said, you know what? I'm going to see if it's a knot. So the following year I went straight to a, um, to a Palomar knot and I'm not going back to a snail knot. I, I hooked so many more fish and it just it defies all the things that all the pros say and everything else. But this is off my own experience and I get to fish 200 days a year. So anyway, uh, Michael McCullough, thanks for the ten dollars. He says, "What should, what would you use a St. Croix seven foot medium heavy moderate, moderate fast spinnerbait rod for besides spinnerbaits? Uh, mistakenly bought in a hurry for a seven gear reel. Yeah, dude, that's actually a really good rod. Uh, seven foot medium heavy moderate deep diving crankbaits, buzz baits, chatter baits, um." any kind of a moving bait that has a heavy open hook, like a, a little paddle tail, like paddle tail swim baits, uh, that kind of stuff. It's not a bad football jig rod. If that football jig has a light hook, which most do now, 
um, it what that does is it prevents you from oversetting the hook and blowing that fish's mouth open. That would be a really good one. Just make sure you remember to change your line out from what you would crank with, which is probably 10 or 12 pound test. Change it out with something heavier for that football rig, uh, football rig for, you know, 17 to 20 pound test on that. So anyway, thanks, man. Thanks for the 10 bucks. You're awesome, brother. Uh, Matt, uh, Mars, Marsden, Marsden. Hey, Gene, I just shipped a pallet load of American fish trees to your home lake, Rocky Mountain, this week. Hope you enjoy. Cool, man. Um, I read that comment from you. Sorry I didn't get back to you, but um, I'll see if I can catch them when, they, when they're when they putting it in. I talked to the, the, uh, uh, the game warden the other day, uh, and so, and I've got their numbers and everything else. I'll call them and see what I can do. Uh, FYI, uh, I'm about to start building a pond here in my, in, at my home. I'm still about a year out, but dude, uh, yeah, we can finish what we were talking about, uh, at the, uh, at the, at ICAST last year. It'd be a lot of fun. Hey, Gene, just wanted to say thank you for all the years and of tips. Uh, I'm a better angler because of you. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, let's see. Um, what's your thoughts related to tossing flukes for Lake Erie smallmouth nose hook them with a spiral screw or you use a number two hook either or I if if you want a lot of action out of that fluke then use the uh, nose hook with a little um, hitchhiker keeper on there uh, number two hook is a little small mainly because it the uh the the plastic will fill up the inside of that hook so much that you won't get hooks set hook four odd is the smallest one i'll use on a super fluke um and then but a nose hook is a great idea I, i've done that a lot and it really does work well you just lose a lot of a lot of flukes um zach any deep ledge fishing our ledge fish this year been catching them good on 8xd and a bull worm um not yet i'm not uh, when i head to chickamauga and gunnersville i'll probably be deep diving throwing a deep diving crankbait but there's no deep diving cranking on the lakes i'm currently fishing uh it's about time i'm starting to get the itch to travel again but not quite i got too many projects around the house kevin anchor from on facebook says you know it's a good bass fishing day with the first forecast catch four bass that weigh more than four pounds yep that's a pretty good day and then within a half hour your catch is 18 that's pretty slick dude awesome um michael says do you know of any external mic that mounts to the camera that will pick up the audio from my partner who stands in front of the boat not very good uh you're he's probably and depends on where you mount your camera but you really have to be within just a few couple, two or three, you know, a few feet, four to eight feet to get decent audio when you're outside. So um, let's see. Do you recommend a square bill crankbait this time of year? Yes, every time of year. Whenever I'm searching shallow, I'm going to throw a square bill. I had two of them on, two of them on the front of my boat this morning. Um, What's your favorite spot around Kentucky or Barkley Lakes? I like the south part of Kentucky Lake. It's probably what I know the best. Uh, I haven't been there in several years, so I wouldn't be able to tell you what's great right now, but that's usually where I start, the south end of Kentucky in the Tennessee area. Um, what's a good bait cast reel to teach a kid on? 
Um, I say this about not just teaching kids, but also for anybody getting started with baitcasters, start about the $60 range. Uh, 13 has a really good one called the Origin A. That's a really good starter reel. The reason I say that they're not super expensive, but they're not so cheap that they they're frustrating and that things don't work quite right. It's fresh out of the box. You want one that has good brakes and a good cast control knob and, and the right amount of bearings. Uh, you know, the bait, the, the, the least amount of bearings I have on a reel is five. I like eight, but five is fine. But anyway, around that $60 range and up is where about where I start. Good question. Let's see. Thanks for the 10 bucks, Michael, man. You're awesome, brother. He says, thank you. I went, uh, in for a medium, heavy fast, got home and seen, uh, that was, uh, that was a moderate fast and said spinner bait on it. So wasn't too sure on it. Yeah, man, that is that you're going to like that rod. It'll be a really good one. It really will. I love spinner bait rods and you might even throw, be able to throw like a, a larger spook or something like that on there. I like a medium though, uh, medium fast. Um, Let's see, read over my comment. I didn't read over your comment. I just didn't see your comment because I don't read fast and my comments go really fast. So sorry, it is what it is. Uh, can't control it. Love watching your videos. You taught me how to fish. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Um, ironclad tutorials. I just picked up a Abu Black Max for $60 from Walmart. That's actually not a bad reel to start with. Definitely a black max is not a bad reel. And that's about retail. I think 60 bucks is retail for the black max. Um, Chad Burton, I saw a video today from four to five years ago, maybe where you mentioned you were helping a client on a lake in Alabama. I think I know last week uh, you said you did. Yeah. Yeah. That was about five years, four or five years ago, back when I guided and it was probably, Oh, what was his name? A guy named Alex. That's usually who I went over and fished in Alabama with. But what I used to do when I guided, I would go to their lakes and I would spend a day fishing and then I'd take them fishing the next day and I would show them how to find fish on their lake and get them ready for the next three to six months of fishing. Um, we really, sometimes we caught a lot of fish, sometimes we didn't, but I, I would teach how to find fish on their own lakes, which was a really cool idea of a guiding. It just took a lot of time and a lot of travel. So, um, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin says, been watching you for years. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all you guys. That's so awesome. Um, if you could only pick one color fluke, what would it be? White ice without even hesitating. That's what I use the most. Just don't do what I did. Don't buy them in bulk because you won't use them all and they'll turn yellow after about a year and a half. So buy, I buy them two or three packs at a time now. Won't do that again. I bought four, like 25 packs and stuff like that. Ended up having to throw most of them away. Um, David Castellone, uh, golly, I'm butchering that Italian name. Uh, I like using a snap swivels to try as many lures out as possible, but would a, a fare better tying direct. You always fare better tying direct. I use snap swivels for changing crankbaits out when I'm trying to figure out what kind of crankbait and what color they want. And after that, I, I, I cut it off and I tie direct. You always get better action tying directly to the line or to the, to the split ring or to the lure or the split ring. So, but snap swivels are great. Those, uh, they work and I'm not talking, I don't use the swivel ones. I use what called duo snaps, which are like, they're, they're just little clips. They don't have the swivel part. Uh, a lot of times you can really mess up your action 
bad with a with the swivels. Just adds too much weight to the nose of a bait. So somebody just texted me. Did I say something wrong? Oh no, we're getting about to get some rain. Um, let's see, Brandon. I'm gonna try to talk about. I hate Lake Hartwell to start with. Is any advice on Lake Hartwell for boy going to Gunnersville ledge fishing? Oh, for a oh for a Lake Hartwell boy going to Gunnersville ledge fishing for the first time. Seems like a whole uh, channel is a huge ledge. Kind of confusing. What you're when we say ledge fishing, the best ledges are where a creek channel hits the river channel. Think of it like this. If the water is flowing this way, you want it to hit something straight on. Okay. You've got a lot of leads that runs with the current, but the front and the back side of that ledge that runs with the current is going to have a part where the current runs into it whether it's really steep or a little bit shallow or a little hump or something like that, that creates an eddy on the top of that drop. The, wa the water hits here, it goes over, it starts to swirl and it creates an eddy and the bass sit in that eddy and they just wait for the bait fish to get caught in that eddy and they eat them. That's where they're going to be sitting. That's why we call it ledge fishing. They're on top of the ledge uh, and you want the ones that are facing into the current. There are not very many of those, and that's how you find them. And they're usually community holes, and you usually have to take a number, but that's what I look for. And then it gets a little more complicated from that, but I'm not going to try to explain it without a fish finder in front of me. Uh, you and Chad are awesome. I've learned so much from you, too. Uh, God bless you in, uh, in all your videos and endeavors. Thanks, man. What he's talking about is Chad Hoover, for you guys that don't know. He's another another YouTube channel. He is like the godfather of kayak bass fishing. He hates when I call him that. But if you guys want to learn about kayak bass fishing, he's the man. He's written the book, literally. Uh, Gene, thanks to my buddy, my buddy fishing in his first ever bass uh, was nine pounds, four ounces last year. He is, uh, he has a bass boat now. He is spoiled. Gosh almighty, that's awesome. Man, that's like shooting a freaking 12-point monster buck in the first time out in the woods. Oh, Victor, what's going on? He says, make sure to hit the like button for Fluke. Yep, hit that little thumbs up. Uh, show me some love. Goodness gracious. Um, Blake Sosa says, I'm making a trip to Lake of the Ozarks in July, mostly bank fishing, but I will have a boat for at least a day. I just started bass fishing recently and have been focusing on Texas rigs. That's a perfect one to start with. What are a couple of more lures I would focus on learning to prepare myself a little better? A spinner bait, because it doesn't get hung up as much as a crankbait does, and, it's, and, and it'll get you used to what a bite feels like as you're moving something through the water. Um, and a shaky head, which is a lot like a Texas rig, but just a small little jig head with a worm on there. Those are the two that I would pick up next, mainly because a shaky head will catch fish just about anywhere. And it's just one of those that if you can't catch them on a Texas rig and you can't text, catch them on a moving bait, a shaky head can catch them. So, um, Uh, MTG dad says going to a new lake on Sunday. I know you've done a video on new lakes. Any advice on where to start on a new lake you've been, uh, you've never been to. I always start, um, 
I always start in the mouth of a creek if it's a big lake and it's got creek channels that run into it, stuff like that. Mouth of a creek is usually where I start and start hitting points on my way back this time of the year. It, it all depends on the time of the year, what part of the lake I choose. But right now, this time of the year, I start at the mouth of a creek, a major creek, and I start fishing point to point all the way back. So, all right, guys, I'm going to take one more question and then we are going to going to call it good. Um, let's see. Michael Mathis fishing. I've, uh, I live 30 minutes from Gunnersville and would love to go fishing with you. Also, can I promote your channel on my channel? Yes, you can, man. And I'll do that for you too, man. Uh, biggest thing is, is it, I love Gunnersville. I just haven't been there in a while, but this fall, the KBF national championship is on Gunnersville in October, October and starting in September, I'm going to be going there almost every day. So if you see my truck, just look for me. I'm going to be very serious about getting ready for that tournament. So I, I may or may not be very social, but I'm always up to talk for fish about fishing for a little while. So, all right, guys, I've got to jump off. Uh, but I really appreciate you. Appreciate everybody that donated through, through super chat. And I really thank you guys for joining me every Friday night at the same time to talk about fishing. Like I said, I might change them up here in the future and start getting a few people uh, in here. A little few guys that you may know really, 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 really well in here and talk about fishing. Uh, but we'll see. But anyway, like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go out and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.